Genesis chapter 2 tonight. Genesis chapter 2. I'll ask you to stand. We're going to go back to what we read uh, last Sunday night. We started a series of messages uh, on the home. And last week, uh, we looked in light of the home and your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You should have a personal relationship with Him. And that will make your home oh so much better. When you've got a personal relationship, it'll make your home better uh, when your wife or your husband or when your children have their own relationship with the Lord, and it's right. Let's pick up in Genesis chapter 2 and begin to read in verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make an helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, And every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and all fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And I touched on that for just a minute or two last week. uh, About and, And listen, I love animals, I do. We've got a little gray cat, she's a big gray cat in the house. Uh, but she's, she's an animal. And uh, fun to have in the house. and Fun to spend time with. But notice right here, out of everything God created, there was still not found a helpmate for Adam. And so the Bible said in verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. You can be seated tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight for uh, the good songs that's been sung. I pray that, Lord, you is honored in them tonight. I'm glad you are the rock that we lean on tonight. And that, Lord, that you're the one that helps us. Boy, how much we've seen that this morning uh, in the message. You're the one that sustains us and keeps us. Lord, we ask tonight for a little while as we preach on the home, I pray you'll give us clarity of mind and clarity of speech. And, Lord, that you do something in folks' hearts tonight that I cannot do, that only you can And Lord, I pray that you would help homes and help marriages and help hearts. And Lord, that somewhere in this message tonight that we could always tell them about Calvary and for what you've done for us and died for us so that we could be saved tonight. I pray if there's one here lost, save them. Encourage them to get saved. Help your people now tonight. We're thankful to see them. Thankful they're here. And Lord, I pray tonight we'd be a blessing to them and a help. And I pray now you'd help us. Save that sentence nearest tale. For these things in Jesus' name we do ask and pray. Amen and amen. I, I am a firm believer that the greatest thing that the Lord has uh, gave uh, mom and dads and husbands and wives to take care of tonight is the home. I think your home ought to be very important to you. Uh, and it starts uh, uh, with a husband and wife. We dealt with the single home last week there for uh, just a little bit. But home starts with a marriage. And uh, I'm going to read you the definition of what Webster's 1828 says. 
that marriage is, and I'm going to read what Oxford tells us, and uh, they're a little different. Uh, Noah Webster said that marriage is the act of uniting a man and woman for life. Well, you don't hear that much today, do you? It means wedlock. It means the legal union of a man and a woman for life. There that word comes up again. Marriage is a contract, both civil and religious, by which the parties engage to live together in mutual affection and fidelity. That means they're going to love each other and be faithful to each other till death shall separate them. Marriage was instituted by God. Now this is what Webster says. Marriage was instituted by God Himself. Why ain't that something to find that in a dictionary? That marriage was instituted by God Himself. For the purpose of uh, for the prof- for the purpose of preventing the uh, promiscuous intercourse of the sexes, for promoting domestic felicity, that means happiness in the home, and for securing the maintenance and the education of children. Now, that's what Webster says. Oxford, as I looked that up, it said the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship. <laughs> Historically, and in some jurisdictions, specifically, a union between a man and a woman. Well, we've come a long way, ain't we, tonight? As a matter of fact, we've come a long way in the wrong direction, if I could say that. I think Noah Webster had it right when he said it was the act of uniting a man and woman for life. My dad, he called me one day, and I don't know what got him on this kick. And he said, how many, how many wedding ceremonies, how many marriages... Have you presided over? I said, I don't know, Daddy. I've, I've presided over a, a few over the years. Uh, and he asked me, and he said, well, how many divorces you ever presided over? And I, I scratched my head about that, you know. I said, I ain't, I ain't never done any of that. And he said, exactly. And uh, I, I don't know where he was headed with all that. He was on one of them kicks and, and, and thinking about the home and, and marriage. But I, I want you to understand something tonight. Uh, that God ordained marriage. Uh, I didn't get that out of Webster's 1828 dictionary. I got that out of the book right here. By the way, let me part and say something about Webster's. Webster, uh, Noah Webster based his definitions out of that King James Bible right there. But that book is infallible, but Noah Webster is not. So you need to get that, and I always need to remember that too. But tonight, I believe that he had it right when he said it's the act of uniting a man and a woman for life, uh, and God ordained Marriage. We find it right here in the text that I read. When God said it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a help me for him. Tonight you have to understand that Adam and God, I believe they had fellowship. I believe that they had fellowship together one with another. Uh, but I believe that God recognized uh, and realized that, uh, that, 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 that Adam needed a helpmate and somebody to love on him uh, and help uh, him in this line. Let me say that uh, he ordained the first marriage right here with Adam and Eve. Uh, you'll find that Jesus performed his very first miracle at the marriage of Cana in John chapter 2. Uh, you'll find that in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 that marriage is the likeness uh, uh, and the type of relationship uh, uh, that Paul describes uh, uh, of Jesus uh, and the church. Take your Bible and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to read that with me tonight. 
And we'll probably be back over here. I don't know if we'll get here tonight or not. I started to uh, preach on the wives' role in marriage, but I thought, you know, the more I studied that, the more I thought, you know, we need to nail down marriage itself. And if I get done here in, in Paul Henry's 10 minutes, then I'll get done. But I believe it'll take some longer than that. But I want you to look in verse 22, Ephesians 5, 22. He starts with the wives. He said, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is the head of the church. So we see right here, he's already starting to make his comparison. He said, as, 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 as Christ is the head of the church, even so is the husband of the head of the wife, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So we find there must be subjection and submission in that in the home of the wife to the husband. Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So we see that there is a submission to the wife, to the husband, but then there is a sacrificial love and that of the husband to the wife. Now these are unconditional. For y'all that's heard me preach on the, mar- on, on the home and marriage before, you understand this, but some of y'all have not. Those are unconditional. What that means tonight is you cannot say, well, if my wife would submit, then I would love her as Christ loved the church, or if he would love me as Christ loved the church and sacrificial love, then I would submit. That's, they're not conditional one to the other. They're unconditional. And so he said this, in other words, you're to do it, whether the other one is doing their part or not. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Now we're talking about Christ with the church and and, and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Here again, here again, men, as Christ loved the church and nourishes and cherishes us, so we should our wives tonight. Verse 30, For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. Boy, ain't that true tonight? Boy, Paul said it right right there, didn't he? Boy, when, when Peter said, dwell with them according to knowledge, I, well, we got to learn, and it's a great mystery. Marriage is a great mystery tonight, but so is Christ's body tonight. The body of Christ is a mysterious thing that the Apostle Paul, by the help of God, revealed to us tonight. He said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we see the, 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 type, the type of relationship that, that is used for Christ and the church is marriage. Verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So why is there marriage in the home? Why must there be a marriage? A marriage, if, you, if we go back to the text verse in the book of Genesis God looked down and he said it's good that man should not be alone. Marriage is so that man wouldn't be alone. Amen. 
Uh, marriage is so that for the wife to be the helpmate or the helpmeet uh, and that to her husband. Men, we don't like to think that we need help, but God help us, we do. Amen tonight. Uh, my wife, as, as much as she resides in the background, you know, where I stand, I'm in the spotlight so much. And Miss Latham don't get any spotlight. As a matter of fact, she told me that I'm fixing to give her some spotlight now. She said, don't talk so much about me. And I said, okay, I'll quit talking about you. She said, well, don't talk about it all together. You know, so. But listen, she's been a great help to me. I mean, there's just been things that you don't know that she's helped me with. I've said this a lot of times. She's had to play psychiatrist. She's had to play doctor. She's, I mean, she's had to be everything along the way uh, uh, in our marriage, but she's been my helpmate. That word helpmate, uh, again, we go back to Webster's 1828, and it means a helper and a companion, especially a wife. That's what he said. And by the way, in the book of Genesis chapter 2 is the only place that you'll find that word twice in the Bible is right here, helpmate. It's the only place in the Bible that you find it. You go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1, marriage was instituted, if you look over here, and that was to have children. Uh, He said in, in verse 26 of chapter 1, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Reckon who was there at creation? Because those were plural words, wasn't they not? Let us make man in our image. Who's our? Amen. Think about that for a little while. Some of y'all know that stuff. I've told you it's underlined in your Bible. And he said, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. We're better than animals tonight. There's a lot of people in this world that puts us on the same plane or puts that animal higher than man. But right here, man, uh, uh, God said we're to have dominion over them. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and of the sea. Well, here again, and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing. That moveth upon the earth. So it, it, it is so that man will not be alone, so that man uh, could, and his wife could live together in happiness. I think God wants you to be happy. A lot of people think that uh, God does not want them to be happy. God does want you to be happy. Amen. I believe that tonight uh, with all my heart. He wants us to have joy and gladness uh, uh, in our heart, but that only comes in serving Him when our heart is right with Him. Amen. You read Psalm chapter 51 when David talks about restoring to me the joy of thy salvation. And boy, is it in Psalms, is it 22? Maybe 30, I'd have to go over and look. But where God has just really got a hold of him and he said, you're pressing me out of measure. He wasn't too happy. You know why? His heart wasn't right with God. It's awful hard to be happy as a Christian when your heart ain't right. But when your heart's right, you can be happy tonight. So marriage is for us to live together as man and wife, to have a helpmate, and to have children. Marriage is a good thing and should be taken serious. The world does not think marriage is a good thing tonight. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 said, Marriage is honorable and all to bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. 
So he said marriage is honorable in all. He went on to say in Proverbs 18, uh, Whosoever findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor with the Lord. He said it's a good thing. He said, he said men, if we find a wife, if we get married, it's a good thing. And we find favor with God. I think he has. I understand what the Apostle Paul said was in 1 Corinthians 7 when he talked about, I, I wish that folk could remain like me. And, and I believe Paul was unmarried at that point. And that's what he was talking about. But he said, if they can't, then let them get married. He goes on to tell us, and let me park right here and say this, and now I'm going to move on because I'm going to deal with marriage. But, but Paul said, he, he, that's, he, that, he that's unmarried will care for the things of the Lord, and he that's married will care for the things of his wife. You know what that means? If, if I've got a wife, then, then I am going to have to care about uh, what she needs and take care of her. Does that mean I can't care for the Lord? Well, no, that ain't what it means. But that is going to tie up some of my time. If you're going to have a husband, it's going to tie up some of your time. Uh, if you're going to have children, it's going to tie up some of your time. Oh, <laughs> you mom and daddies were sitting in here. Y'all know what it means to raise children. And boy, they're just time robbers, ain't they? Amen. But he said that in Proverbs 19, house and riches are the inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the Lord. That word prudent means to be cautious or practically wise or measures out her actions and consequences. He said she's from the Lord. I think God loves marriage. I think God instituted marriage. I know God instituted and ordained marriage. And I think your marriage, if you're married tonight, your, your home and your marriage... Uh, or to mean something to you. I really think your home ought to mean a whole lot to you tonight. I just want to look at a couple of things about marriage. First of all, number one, the desire of the husband and the wife. We look in the text verse, uh, and notice what Adam said. Verse 24, Therefore shall a man uh, leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I showed you this last week in Genesis 5 in verse 1. The Bible said this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. God saw them as one because he called their name Adam. Is that what your Bible says? It's what my Bible. He called their name. Adam was the one that named Eve. And right here we find that God called their name Adam. So the, 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 the desire of the husband and wife should be to become one. Uh, this is something that uh, I say in the wedding ceremony at the very beginning of it, one of the things uh, that I talk about. And uh, it, it says, Thus the two, husband and wife, Forsaken all others become one flesh intent and hope in all concerns of this present life. We should both be headed, we should both be headed in the same direction. A marriage will never work when one is headed in one direction and one is headed in the other. It'll tear that thing apart and it cannot stand it and it will not lie. Tonight, we're going to see that 
It means to become one. Ephesians 5, we go back to what Paul said. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of His body and of His flesh and of His bones. Can I tell you tonight, church, me and you should be headed in the same direction that Christ Jesus the Lord wants us to go. Can I park right here and talk about being in subjection? I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself in this study. Uh, but being in subjection, my wife being in subjection to me is being the husband and being submissive to me. That don't mean that I sit on the throne at my house and I make all the decisions and she's just in tow. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what, somebody's got to pull the trigger. And guess who that somebody's going to be? It's going to be me. Right or wrong, I'm going to make the decision. And she can make her arguments, and boy, we, well, not arguments. She can make her suggestions. Boy, I wanted to argue today. And she stopped and she said, well, just quit disagreeing with me. You're just wanting to argue. And I was. I was just wanting to argue. That's exactly what I was doing. It's going to have some fun, but she caught on pretty fast. It, listen, men. He talks about having a prudent wife is from the Lord. To have a good wife is from the Lord. She's called a helpmate for a reason. I don't believe a marriage is 50-50. I don't. I never have believed that. I don't think the Bible teaches that right here. I don't, I don't think it's a partnership uh, because friend, it can never stand that. If, if somebody's got 50% and somebody else has got 50%, then they both got the same amount of ruling power uh, in, that, in that design and it can't work. It cannot work. It will not work. Have you ever tried to work for two bosses at the same time? It won't work. It'll fall apart every time. And so right here he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, there it is again, and shall be joined unto his wife. Now I'm talking about Ephesians 5. And they too shall be what? One flesh. So they come together. Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. He says that again. What therefore God had joined together, let not man put asunder. He said God put that thing together. Uh, and, and friend, I know that we're made different. I know we think different. I understand that tonight. But we should be headed in the same direction in our home. Going to be one. Going to be living together. You've got to leave mom and dad and you've got to forsake all others. Mom and dad has caused a lot of problems in marriages. Now there's one thing I have to say about why well, I can say a whole lot, but there, there, there's one thing I can't say in our marriage, in mine and my wife's marriage, we've been married for almost 29 years, that, that my mom and dad nor her mom and dad has ever stuck their nose into our business. They've left us alone and let us do what we needed to do. And the only time that they've ever helped, the only time they've ever, if I could say this, put, got into our business is when we asked them to. That's the only time. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, they, there's a lot of marriages that, that have been in trouble because mom and dad won't leave things alone. Now I'm looking at this thing from, from the aspect of, of a Christian home. Are you following me tonight? 
I understand kids need help. I get, I get all that. I, I really do. I, I get it. I, I do. But I'm going to tell you tonight, if that husband and that wife loves God, and, and they want to serve Him, and they're honest about their home and their marriage, they'll figure it out. Because He'll help them. I believe that with all my heart tonight. So you need to leave them alone. But then you have to forsake all others. You cannot become one when, when, when you have not forsook all others. That's why I'm, I tell these young people around here, you need, man, I, I'm, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of teenagers and uh, they, they just date so many, got so many boyfriends and girlfriends over the years and, and, and they give a little piece of their heart here and a little piece of their heart there and by the time they find the one that they're going to marry, uh, they gave so much of their heart away they don't have a whole lot of heart left to give. And that's very dangerous tonight. I'm going to tell you to wait on God tonight. I believe, I believe the Lord wants us to live happy together. The desire is to become one, but my desire in my home, and I think the Bible teaches us this, is to have a happy home. Should have a happy marriage tonight. I have never dreaded, and I know I've told you all this before, I've never dreaded going home. I've never not looked forward Going home. Growing up, it was that way. When I was living at home, there was never a time that I didn't want to go home. That it was just going to be bad. That mom and daddy was fighting. I don't know if they ever fought. I've told you this before. I, I never remember them raising their voice in front of me and my sister. They never done that. So I never, there never was a time that I said, man, I got to go, I got to go home. Boy, I don't want to. Now there was probably some times I didn't want to go home because I was going to be in trouble, but that's a whole different story. Well, there's never been a time that I ain't wanted to spend time with my wife. I found something very interesting in Ephesians 5 when the Apostle Paul sought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. He said, men, if, he said, if, if, he said you'll love your wife like you love you. Can I ask you something tonight? Do you require more out of your spouse than you require out of yourself? Can I tell you something that we've got into in the independent Baptist realm of things? Man, we, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's like women become doormats and, 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 and the husband, he, he's the general and, and, and she's serving and you've got all these privates. And we'll have to tape that thing on there. Going to have to tape it on there. At least it didn't hit the piano, brother. I'm glad it didn't go pling, pling. Now I've lost my train of thought. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We're running a home like it's the army. It's not made to run that way. Home ain't to... Lisa, I think, I think it ought to be like king and queen and princess and princesses. I think that's the way it ought to be run. I do tonight. I believe that. And I think it ought to be good. But men, we ought not to require more out of our wives, one, than what God requires, and then more than what, we requ- what God requires out of us. He said, it's all men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. We know Ephesians 5 said to love our wife as Christ also loved the church. What makes for a happy home like that, don't it? 
Titus chapter 2, he said, The aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. So ladies, you're to love your husband and love your children. As a matter of fact, he said right here for the older ladies to teach the younger ladies, the young women, uh, to learn to love their husbands and learn to love their children. You know, marriage, now I'm talking about the desire is to become one uh, and have a happy home. Some, marriage is not always easy. It's not easy. I think, uh, especially when the thing starts out wrong. And that's, that's, and let me say this tonight, for whatever reason, if your marriage started out wrong, it sure enough can end right. I had a fellow come and talk to me one time about how him and his wife, about how he divorced his first wife and then the second wife that he married, how, how all that transpired and, and went about that. And that, that thing was bothering him. And I told him, I said, look, I said, what, what you've done is in the past, if you've got things straightened out with the Lord, and you and your wife has got things straightened out. Then it's not, it does not matter anymore how that thing started. It's how it's going to end. It. And that's what matters. But marriage is not always easy. Because sometimes uh, one, one person gets wrong in that thing. And sometimes both get wrong in that thing. And so that makes it hard. And sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. And what I mean by that is sometimes... We, we've, we've not learned to forgive. We've not learned to let go of things and we hold on to petty things that we should never do and we become bitter in that thing. Why do you think that the writer told us about our wives of our, and, and be not bitter against them? Why he tells us to dwell with them according to knowledge. Why he says for you all to be in subjection to your husband. You have to remember when you enter into this contract, if I can say it that way, to this union, that it's just more than you. Let's go back and read 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3. First Peter 3. Look with me in verse 1. Here subjection is again, submission. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, not somebody else's. That if any obey not the word, that they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the, that outward adorning of plating the hire and wearing of the gold or the putting on of the apparel, but let it, be, uh, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, uh, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, we, we looked at that. Well, let me read on down. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjections unto their own husbands. So that is a wearing of the outside, and it is seen and also known uh, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Now we looked at that last week, talking about you can only do that. You can only win your husband as if your life was right with God. And that's why I was looking at was your personal relationship with Christ. 
But come on down in verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now notice what he said in verse 7. Uh, he talks about to be in subjection in, in verses uh, 1 through 6. In verse 7, he talks about the husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. In other words, learn how to do it. It's a very simple verse. I used to strain at that thing until I just realized it meant what it said. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Learn how. Give, but then he said, give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as what? Being heirs together of the grace of life. What am I talking about right now? Being one. He said we're heirs together. Heirs together. Not separate, but together of the grace of life. We're to be together. We'll see more about the husband and wife relationship later on. Number two, there is the desire of the husband and wife. That is to be one, have a happy life, to have a happy marriage together. But number two, there is the destruction of the marriage. Uh, infidelity is hard on a marriage. It don't have to ruin one. We know that. But it's hard on a marriage. You know what infidelity means? Unfaithfulness. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 verse 14. He said thou shalt not commit adultery. Galatians 5. He said now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Uh, Leviticus said and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife. Even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife. The adulterer and adulteress shall surely be put to death. Ain't you glad we ain't under the law? But you know what that tells me? That tells me exactly how, what God thinks about adultery. Uh, take your Bible. Take your Bible. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Go to the book of Proverbs. Uh, is it chapter 6? Proverbs 6, I believe it is. Is that where I need to be? Am I doing okay tonight? Uh, just making sure. Proverbs 6, verse 27. Proverbs 6, verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. You know, the Bible tells us it's, it's a good thing for a man not to touch a woman. But if you read that next verse, he said, but to avoid fornication. He says, let every man have his own wife. Because I'll guarantee you that's where that thing's headed. It's headed into fornication. That's why he says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Verse 30, men do not despise a thief if he still to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. It's just never going to be any good. The destruction of the marriage will come through infidelity. I've, I've told you all this story a million times. When I worked up there for a little while where Brother Jeff worked at, uh, one of the boys that had worked on the line up there, he, he talked about a girl that he had work on his line that come in there. 
and said she would come in and she would make him stuff to eat and all that and she would come in and adjust his collar and say, boy, if I, if I was your wife, I wouldn't let you leave home with the collar messed up and stuff like that. You better watch her. Because she's up to no good. When she starts talking about if I was your wife, she, she's up to no good. You can go over and you can read Proverbs 7. You can read Proverbs 7 about the strange woman over there. Boy, Solomon talks about looking out the casement of his window. In other words, he's, just, he's looking out his window. And he said in verse 10, Proverbs 7, And behold, there met him talking about the young man that was void of understanding. Remember what, remember what it said just a few minutes ago? Remember, remember what it said that, But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. You come to the very next chapter, talks about talks about the, the strange woman. Uh, and, and he said, I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youth, a young man void of understanding. Passing through the street near her corner, so she's got a corner, and he went the way to her house in the twilight and the evening in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. So obviously the harlot had an attire. You can go ahead and say amen right there. He's afraid I'm going to preach on dressing. Give me a while. Notice in verse 11, She is loud and stubborn, and her feet abide not in her house. How did he know that? He's had to hear her. Now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth and wait in every corner. She caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said, You know what that word impudent means? With no shame. She had no shame in what she was saying. She said, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have I paid my vows, therefore come I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. She said, look, I've been looking for you everywhere, and I have finally found you. That's what she said. You can go on, well, let me read on. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I perfume my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love, for the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him, took the wrong bag, didn't he? And will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dark strike to his liver and as a bird hasteneth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Go kill him. What's going to happen to him? Go and get him. A wound and a dishonor he'll get and his reproach will not be taken away. Man, that's hard on a marriage, ain't it? I'm going to tell you not infidelity won't kill one, but man, it'll be tough. You need to be faithful. I need to be faithful. You know, to be faithful, you have to guard that thing. Why do you think in Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 that Solomon was teaching his children what he was teaching them? He was teaching them so that they would guard themselves against that. A lot of... Let me put it to you like this. You can't win the shop either. Matthew 5, you've heard that it said to them old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, Whosoever looked on a woman, the lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Take your Bible and go to the book of Matthew 19. 
So then why is there divorce? Was it in the 70s that that state of Tennessee put in uh, no contest divorce or no reason divorce? If you just want to get a divorce, you can get one. I think prior sometime in the 70s, it was not that way. I hate divorce. I hate that. I know some of you just dealt with it. I, I understand that. And I'm, I'm not beating up on you tonight. And other things. I'm telling you I hate it. That's a word that me and my wife do not use in our home. And I'm not joking when I say that. That is, we don't joke about it. We, we don't, the, the only time that that word comes up is when we're talking about somebody else. And, we, and you have to guard. You have to guard. Verse 4, Matthew, Matthew chapter 19, look in verse 3. The Pharisee also, now I'm talking about the destruction of the home. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not, have, have you not read that which <laughs> he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Boy, I'd say a lot right there. You wouldn't think that a man would ever have to say a lot right there, but boy, in this day and age, you can say a lot. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her is put away, doth commit adultery. Notice why he said that was allowed, because of the hardness of their hearts. So somebody's heart was hard. But when our heart gets wrong, and boy, if it gets wrong toward our husband or our wife, boy, it can lead us down the wrong path, can't it? comes into destruction. He ordained marriage and he ordained the home and he wants it to stay together, but he wants us to be right. The world and the devil is trying to tear apart the home as we know it. Why? The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What God has ordained, Satan is trying to tear apart. What do you think this church is made up of? I'm serious tonight. Look around. What do you think this church is literally made up of? It's made up of husbands and wives and mamas and daddies and children. If God ordained it, then Satan's trying to tear it apart. God ordained marriage. That's where the home starts. Men, you need to be faithful in it, should be happy in it, and be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in our home tonight. That's just an overview of marriage tonight. Let's bow our heads.